Hi, this is Arazu and Megan. And you're listening to the Dio Diaries. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Rotation Chronicle. In today's episode, we have Arzu joining us to discuss her experience and insights during her family medicine rotation. So join us as we explore her transition into this rotation and learn all about how it's been for her. So how are you doing, Arzu? <laughs> Good. Long time no see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now this studio's nice, so if we sound better... It's because we now have access to a really dope studio yeah. that our school built. Yeah. So no, you should have said we were we booked it and just yeah. fancy. And stuff. Nah, we <laughs> need no because we need resources, I and I'd rather not front like we <laughs> have resources because we are really yeah. just working with morsels at this point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we literally are. <laughs> All right, so family medicine. Yes, how's it going? It's going well. So um, I'll give a little background about like kind of the setup of my rotation. So um, I'm on a rural family medicine site and I say rural kind of loosely like I mean on my drive there's like hella farms and cows and horses and goats and I I actually really love my drive even though it is about 50 minutes there and back. There's typically no traffic which is nice but um, I mean it's just kind of can be a pain in the butt sometimes just getting up having to get up a little extra early Mm -hmm. and Really being gone for more than 12 hours a day most of the days um, is a little challenging. But, um, yeah. I mean, the drive's nice. The, the It's a small town. It's rural. Um, but I am at a – it's a really interesting setup just because it's at a hospital. Um, there's an ER. There's labor and delivery. There's um, – I think it's level four trauma, which I'm not sure where that falls on the spectrum. Very of, like, low. Very <laughs> low. Basically, they had to, like, fly out people. Yeah, if, like, they – yeah, I think they have access to that those nice. things, like – you know, be able to fly people out yeah. maybe um, 20 minutes north to the bigger hospital. Yeah. I actually don't know how far that – yeah, probably 20, 25 minutes yeah. up to the, the bigger level two trauma center, I think, the one you're at. Um, I think so. I don't think so. I've been at a level one, like, in San Antonio, and it's just, like, hospital systems are so different here. Yeah. So I think – I think it's level two because I was scribing maybe. there last semester. I'm pretty sure I remember it being at level two, but yeah. – um, yeah, but it's been good. So yeah, I, there's again, there's an ER, there's labor and delivery, and there's like clinic um, with a bunch of like family medicine docs. And then there's um, like special specialties as well. Like there's, nice. there's um, physical therapy, orthopedic specialists, um, all kinds. Everything. Yeah, nice. like it's, it's, it's all housed under one roof. And it's yeah. really, really cool and really good resource for the community members. Because again, they are very rural. And so you'll have people coming in from the outskirts to that more like epicenter of that community even though that community and it's in and of itself is rather small yeah it is you know serving such a big population just outside of the immediate vicinity as well Mm -hmm. so yeah that kind of just changed a little bit about the demographics we see we see a lot of farmers actually um yeah just people getting in more accidents i would say because Mm -hmm. they're you know doing a lot of like physical manual labor yeah um but so. yeah, it's been cool, and so I get to do clinic mm-hmm. four days a week, and then about once a week I do ER, and occasionally when my preceptor is on call, we'll do labor and delivery as well. Oh, fun. A little bit so of everything. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's a very, um, very holistic, sounds like you. Absolutely. Yeah, a true family <laughs> medicine uh, yes. experience. Yes. So what have been three things that you learned on your rotation so far? So I think when I think family medicine, I obviously think about the breadth of 
and the scope of what you get to see. And that's certainly true. That's something that's proven to be true time and time again. Every single day I see all sorts of things. Um, But I think I, especially in this particular setup where you are treating a a special population, um, it's just I really wasn't prepared for just how big the breadth was, right? You have people coming in for things that, I guess, people that have access to larger um, resources might go to see a specialist for. Like, I might go to my OB-GYN to get a pap smear or to um, do OB follow-up or, mm. well, chi- you know, see a pediatrician for well-child visits, yeah. things of that nature, or see an orthopedic specialist, even though they do have an orthopedic specialist, yeah. go straight to that person for any sort of injury or, yeah. like, carpal tunnel, for instance. Um, but a lot of people just come straight to him. And so it's really cool that it's shown me that the family medicine as a specialty can really be anything you want it to be. You can be strictly primary care or you can do what my preceptor does and throw in a little bit of emergency medicine, throw in a little bit of obstetrics and even throw in some psychiatry because he does specialize in um, treating opioid use disorder. So honestly, it's a little bit of everything and we've done things like arthrocentesis and injections and things like that. So um, it's a little bit of MSK as well, and um, physical therapy is down the hall from him. So oftentimes mm. we'll go and collaborate with them, come up with plans with the physical therapy team and the PMNR team. So it's really cool to be able to collaborate with uh, different members of the healthcare community. Just And, of course, this is a very unique setup, again, so I don't think that's um, going to be the case across all family medicine yeah, practices, yeah. but... Mine has just been really incredible. I've gotten, yeah. like you said, the full spectrum mm. experience. Um, another thing is um, the types of patients. So obviously you're going to see across the spectrum all kinds of patients, young, old, adolescent, and you know, OB follow-up, well, child visits. Yeah. Um, you see a lot of immigrants as well just because the community we're serving, there are a lot of um, just recently yeah. immigrated people, people that only speak one language, and so I've gone to use and practice my Spanish speaking skills a little bit more and it's motivated me to actually pursue taking Spanish lessons again so I've been doing Mm. that on the side just because it's like always been a personal mission of mine to learn Spanish and I've taken classes here and there but I Duolingo or like actual oh no I've been doing Duolingo for a year and a half I have like a 420 days streak on Duolingo but I've been doing private lessons with a tutor oh, now, fun. so I'm officially like very much dedicated to yeah, learning Spanish. Probably not very cheap. Put either. my money with. It's actually, I mean, there's options. You know, it's yeah. virtual, so there's options, and there's people that do it um, for a living, so they have like deals and whatnot. But oh, I found nice. a tutor. Um, she's Dominican, actually. Aww. So shout out to my Dominicanos, but um, she's really great. And I just do 30 minutes a week because I didn't want it to be this thing where it's like, oh, I have an hour of Spanish yeah, today on yeah. Wednesdays, my day off. And I didn't want it to be this thing that I was yeah. dreading. More so just 30 minutes of, like, keeping it fresh in my memory mm-hmm. and her correcting my conjugation, my past and present and future tense and um, helping me with vocab. And um, I told her my goal is to be able to fluently speak not only in, in, in personal and private conversations but also um, for my career. Yeah. And so she's in, in putting a little bit of that in the lessons as well. Mm. Yeah, put my money where my mouth is, and <laughs> I'm I'm committed to doing this as mu- as mu- as regularly as I can moving forward. And yeah. probably I'll have to change my schedule. Is every I move rotation forward. Yeah, is every, different? So yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the nice thing about doing something virtually is that you can really customize it, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna work with her and see how that goes. It's it's that serving that population of Spanish speakers has really really pushed me. And my preceptor, he is 
um, he's actually from California, but he's lived in Utah for the last several years. Um, and he speaks fluent Spanish. So I'm like, if you can do it, I can do it. And I should probably do it. I'm from California as well. Yeah. We all know, like, there's tons of Spanish speakers out there. If I yeah. end, ever end up back there or even if I stay here, yeah. I need to know Spanish. Yeah. Literally anywhere yeah. you go in the States, no, yeah. you need to know at this point. Definitely. I think the second most like second most common language spoken now is Spanish yeah. in the States. So, yeah, definitely exactly. goes goes a long way yeah. yeah um and then the other third thing is i kind of am surprised by how much i would enjoy it i it's always been an option in the back of my head i'm obviously very much interested in psychiatry as a specialty and you know we have about a year left before we officially make that decision and plunge into applications but i am serious more seriously considering it now um there's a more even split i would say in my thought process of what i want to do and there are things that are really attractive about going family medicine just i mean to name a few um it's a one year shorter of a residency, which might not matter for a lot of people, but it matters for me. That's like one less year of good income you're making. And yeah. as someone who has taken out hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans, it's very important to me and I don't care how that sounds. Um, I think that there's a lot of variety with what you can do. Not to say that you can't do a lot of things with psychiatry, but I think that there's just more variety, to be honest. Um, and so that's something that's really interesting. Although the part of me that is still leaning towards psych is thinking, it is nice to just specialize in something, be yeah. an, more of an expert in one area. So yeah. if that is your personality, I think that family medicine might not necessarily be the best place for you because you will still see a lot of diversity. But you could customize your practice to a sense where you're mainly just seeing psych patients, even though you're family physician trained, because yeah. you do see a lot of that in your training. Or you mostly see OB patients without having to go through I don't know, is it four or five years of OB guiding? Four years. Yeah, four years of hell, no, you know, no <laughs> shade, but um, to do OB, to visit, to do OB visits, which is... You are, I'm going to pause you right yeah. there just because this is important for our listeners. Yeah. So you are going to be limited. So like, let's say if you want to do family medicine in somewhere like a bigger city, like yeah. San Diego, yeah. or let's say back at Houston, you mm -hmm. are going to be a lot more limited sure. on what you can do versus a more rural type practice. Exactly. And obstetrics is pretty much the only thing you can do. So... And the reason I kind of like just barge in is because I know a physician here who mm -hmm. did both a family medicine mm -hmm. and then went back to school at 48 or went back to residency oh, at 48 to do an OB-GYN residency just because how limited she was. Yeah. So yeah. take that. Yeah. Just I, take I that mean, with a grain of salt. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yeah. keep in mind, like, you don't get to fully yeah. specialize yeah. in anything. I'm saying you have options, especially yeah. if you're in a more rural area where resources. You can resources. do deliveries a lot. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. guy does deliveries. Unluckily, I have not <laughs> been able to be on any of the deliveries. Oh, but he. No. Had, he did deliver one baby, and I got to do his um, physical, his newborn exam, like, Aww. 24 hours after he was born. And that the was probably one. they are so cute. So cute. And I, I, I feel like I, yeah, I don't really have too much experience with little child, little babies, but I, that, <laughs> holding little babies on this rotation, I've dealt with a few of them now. And um, it's one of the, my favorite things. So I'm like, hmm. You're an expert now? I'm not, no, no, by no means. But I'm glad I got the experience so that when I get uh. to OB-GYN and PEDS rotation, I have, like, I'm not, I'm not a, yeah. a newbie you know i've like yeah. been on a little bit of a you little bit of that exposure on how to hold a baby yeah it's <laughs> do an exam like um yeah. i we've had long conversations about delivery and c-section stuff just in case because he's on call right and yeah. i'm with him on call so yeah. just in case the opportunity arises i'm yeah. i want to be ready to go i got the scrubs in the yeah. car <laughs> i got everything ready to go i've been practicing my suturing skills like i am yeah i just had it's really been an exciting um several weeks um, and I really enjoyed it. 
Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it d- sounds like you got a taste of a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. Like what you said, family medicine. Um, there's a really funny meme out there. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's like a bunch of arrows, and it's like, what specialty should you do? And it starts by, like, how are your grades? If it's, like, <laughs> meh. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It goes into, like, literally psychiatry and PMNR. <laughs> and if it's, like, <laughs> average, whatever. And it's, like, what do you like? Everything. Family medicine. Yeah. And, yeah, it is truly, like, you, your patients are, like, little babies all the yep. way to, like, um, yep. like geriatrics and you yep. can do there's so so much variety so yep. it's, a, it's a very fun yeah very fun specialty so awesome i'm glad you're having a great time and yes it helps that it's in the rural area so I, you, absolutely you, you taste you get a taste of a little everything yeah it makes the trade-off worth it having to drive that far and yeah. it not being i can never really show up late i always have to be on top of my schedule yeah. because i can't be i don't want to show up late yeah i really don't yeah. often i mean more than times than not i'm there before him yeah. um but that's kind of how you need to be as a medical yeah. student like you have to show up before and read up on charts and make sure you're ready to go for the day yeah. but i um, i'm used to that now so i think i'm set for my other rotations now, I know I'm like used to waking up super early because I'll usually study before I get there and everything. So um, and I'll stay pretty late. Like if I'm like just working on stuff, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stay behind. He'll leave and I'll be like, I'm going to stick behind and just study here because yeah. I know as soon as I get home, I'm yeah, going to yeah, study. I, so, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah. Studying after a rotation is like the hardest thing ever. Yeah, so it really definitely. is. I, yeah. Uh, I know you warned me about that. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'll be fine. No, Girl, no. no, the tired hits like, me. You have a job, which you don't salty. You don't get paid for. And then mm-hmm. you come home and it's like, huh, you saw your job for the day? Yeah. No, you need to study. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you kind of pointed out the how much fun you're having, mm-hmm. even more than what you expected. What else um, has been different about this rotation from what you expected? Yeah, so um, I kind of touched upon it already, but there's a lot of things you can, I don't know if specialize is the right word, but yeah. you can really focus on particular niches in yeah. family medicine. So whether that's obstetrics mm-hmm. or um, women's health, even more broadly speaking, pediatrics um, or even psych. Um, he does a little bit of all of that actually, um, but he does I guess focus a little more on um, opioid use disorder. I would say if he had a focus, it'd be that or obstetrics. He'd, we get a lot of, um, you know, OB follow-ups um, yeah, or I guess OB appointments like pregnant women, postpartum women, and um, psych patients where you're just mainly doing medication management, but then you also have the um, opioid use disorder. So he does a lot of treatment with Suboxone, and I really wasn't familiar with Suboxone as like a medication. Um, I knew about medication-assisted. Would you like to elaborate on a little bit? Sure. So um, medication-assisted therapy or MAT, I don't know if people refer to it as Matt, but Matt is um, essentially just uh, treating patients with opioid use disorder. So when they meet the criteria for opioid use disorder um, and they're actively trying to come off of opioids, you can use different medications. I guess the more popular one would be methadone. Um, but the thing about using methadone to treat um, patients that are in recovery is that you need a special licensing to be able to administer methadone and um, just follow specific protocols it's a little bit there's more um red tape to get to that Mm. point where you're treating with methadone but suboxone is super cool because it's a very similar medicine that acts in um different ways in some ways but um similarly in the sense like it's the same goal right you're trying to tape get people off of um get people off of the uh uh get (laughs) people get people off of opioids right like fentanyl and street heroin um, even prescription drugs, right? Yeah. Like oxycodone and um, pain medications. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot of benefit for mm-hmm. um, knowing how to use Suboxone. And I yeah. think that that's one of the main things he's taught me is that 
a lot of people don't know about Suboxone as providers. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea. I mean, yeah. not a provider yet. But yeah. Like, oh, never heard of this. But even as providers and in that space, you that people don't know about it. Um, but it's this amazing drug that can be used to get people off of, like, again, kill, like, um, it's off a life safe. Yeah, off. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're all on the streets, but yeah, yeah like yeah. off of drugs, so, yeah. off yeah. of opioids, which is, you know, killing hundreds of thousands of people on a yeah. yearly basis. We're at the yeah. height of the opioid epidemic. It's not It's not getting better. And if, and if anything, it's getting worse, and it's mm. affecting our youth more and more every yeah. year. Um, so it's a really sad, um, but it's, it's amazing that we have physicians like my attending who take it upon themselves to educate themselves on what are the options. Maybe methadone, maybe it's not convenient for him to do methadone um, and keep up with the requirements to right. administer methadone. And you need a little bit of closer um, follow-up with that. Mm-hmm. But Suboxone is, it's easy to educate yourself on Suboxone and very, very, e- there's not as much red tape to be able to treat patients with Suboxone. That's mm-hmm. the really nice part. Literally anyone can do it, whether you're in ER or primary care or wherever. You can begin that, at the very least, you can start that conversation with your patients and then refer to them, refer them to someone that is more comfortable treating patients with Suboxone. Yeah. So those um, appointments have been really interesting to to do because um, it brings a little bit of psych in it. Yeah. So that's something um, that was really cool. There's so many interests, um, niches you can take mm-hmm. up um, and just special skills you can learn that I didn't know were involved in mat- family medicine. But again, yeah. it's so broad, you can't really rule yeah. anything out. Yeah. Um, and so another thing is just how broad your skill set is, kind of going along with what I'm saying right now is like, he does a little bit of procedure. He does a lot of obviously like chronic management of chronic um, chronic illnesses, um, he, but he does do a little bit of procedure. And so that's <laughs> really cool, something I wasn't expecting, different to my expectations. Um, like yesterday, we did a circumcision. <laughs> I don't know how awesome. exciting that is, but, you know, it's a little bit of procedure, yeah. um, which isn't always my um, – that's not my f- – I wouldn't say that's my favorite thing to do. I mean, I, I do consider myself somewhat of a hands-on person, but I think my strengths lie more in the interpersonal communicative aspect of medicine, and which is why I'm – more drawn to psychiatry, psychiatry yeah. as as a specialty, mm-hmm. but there is a little bit of both in family medicine that mm-hmm. interpersonal relationship as well as some procedure, and yeah. so it keeps it exciting, it keeps it fresh, it really keeps you like having your like remembering the muscle memory that you spend so much time developing in in, in DO school, like doing all the OMM and all the ex- physical exam stuff you learn, you know. It's like, why not use those skills, you know, Um, if I've learned them, if I spent years learning them. So we've done, yeah, yeah, like I said, uh, circumcisions. Um, Again, he does ER. So if anything walks through that door, like we've got to be ready to suture and do all that kind of stuff. We have surgeons uh, to do more of the complicated stuff, but like very minor things. A lot of the um, uh, musculoskeletal things I talked about, like injections and arthrocentesis and really like not so exciting stuff like cryotherapy as well um and then some um ob maybe not ob but like gyne stuff like i've done pap smears and iud insertion removal um so a little bit of like i don't know if you consider that procedure but it's hands-on medicine you know it's it's not your typical like what you think of when you're like it's not like full-on surgery but still no no no, yeah (laughs) it's not surgery i yeah yeah, it's it's just i I don't know if that qualifies as procedure but it's like working with i would say so i would say so yeah yeah i think that's like kind of my comfort level is like I don't want to be doing surgeries per se in my future mm. but I want to it's it's fun to work with your hands every once in a while and yeah. Um, yeah those are the main things I think that I have been a little different than what I expected no that's awesome yeah that's awesome like definitely having an open mind and just like the type of attitude that you've taken with you being there on time yep. being there before your 
preceptor and just be willing to get your hands dirty and whatever comes your way I think that's the best way to go about any honesty like not even just family medicine but any rotation you're at because that shows initiative that shows that you're there to learn and um it just makes it so much easier to work with you as a medical student because if you think about it like you are slowing your we are we are slowing our preceptors down like they have to to, like take the time to explain things and it's just like when you do those little things it just makes it so much easier for them to work with you so good on you for that I can see his eyes lighting up when I ask like the right questions and he gets into like explaining things to me or letting me take charge with certain um patients or procedures and I'm like yeah I'm here to like get my hands dirty I know that like evaluation is not a big part of our grade at the school unfortunately but I don't care that doesn't hold me back from my getting the most out of the experience for myself not for the grade but for myself Mm -hmm. you know because I take learning very personally yeah no awesome great 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 attitude to have so uh, there is a lot that, you know, goes into rotations, transition, all that stuff. So how have you been, like, navigating your clinical duties while, like, staying on top of your life yeah. and all that stuff? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know if I have a great answer for that. Just cry. Um, it is hard, and I feel like I'm still figuring out every day. Like, I talk myself up on the drive home. Like, I have 50 minutes to kill, so I'm perking myself up, like, you got this. Just get this and this done, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it is a lot of just, like, bearing through the pain honestly like I'm not going to tell you it's easy it's I'm I'm driving and working for 12 out of 12 hours out of the day every single day except Wednesdays and then I luckily have weekends off although we will again we have that one day a week of ER so sometimes that falls on a Saturday sometimes it falls on a Wednesday sometimes it falls on a day of clinic that Mm -hmm. we would normally be spending in clinic so the schedule is changing every so often keeping up with that and also making sure you block out time for your studies right Mm. um it is hard I'm not going to pretend like I have it figured out or I have a perfect balance I definitely don't um even halfway into this rotation unfortunately but every day I just take it every day as it comes and I take I set very small goals for myself that way I can still have that feeling of accomplishment um without setting massive goals like I'm going to get through 50 questions today like I'll typically if there's downtime at the clinic I will work on questions so I get anywhere from like 20 to 50 done a day but sometimes it's like 20 or even less sometimes it's more um but I still try to do Anki every day because yes because Megan showed me how to actually use it (laughs) and so it's been good I feel like it's been um a great adjunct to the questions like I see things come up in questions I think I see things come up in clinic and I think the biggest advice I have is like pay attention to what's happening in clinic follow up by doing questions and then Mm -hmm. also like whatever other supplementary resources you have for me that's Anki and Amboss and like other things like I don't know, Dynamed, I don't use super often, just occasionally. Who's that? <gasps> Who is she? Dynamed, Visual RX, Visual D- DX, I don't know. Bro, Their resources idea. are school goddess. I keep them open just Wasn't in case. Wasn't Dynamed like our first year where we used like no. the cases and stuff on? No, no, that's I human. Like, no, 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 like the, um, what is it? The guy who retired. He, we oh, did like oh, our oh, edging 10. Yeah, yeah. Was his name Edgington? Doctor Edgington. <laughs> okay, I don't remember. No, no, that's um, that was a different website. Oh, okay. no, 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 I thought that was Dynamed. No, no, no. Dynamed is like a resource, a clinical resource. Oh. So is Visual. Um, I think it's vis- is it Visual RX or DX like diagnosis. So is it like Amboss Dynamed? Kind of. Yeah, it's like a it's like a resource that you can Google like look stuff up and then oh. medications. Um, cl- like just pa- pathophys of certain um, oh, diseases. So it sounds like a lot like Amboss. Then. Yeah, it's just okay. a different format. So I like to have both of it yeah. right open yeah. on my laptop, ready to go. So if I don't find what I'm looking for an amboss because it's for me i'm not like in love with amboss like there's a lot of stuff missing in my opinion yeah i'll refer to dynamed if it's not there 
vis- that other resource, I can't remember what it's called, visual something, it's super cool because you can put in like clinical features that you see in a patient, their demographics, like ages, gender, so it whatever. It, it like the, exactly. it tells yeah, you the di- yeah. it tells you like twenty diagnosis that it could be. Okay. It's not always great. Like I'm like okay, great. I could have done this myself. Yeah. Like I just yeah. doesn't give me. So sometimes it gives, does give me like new ideas, yeah. and um, it, it actually does help me put a differential together. You know. Yeah. So um, it can be useful. I really wish we had access to up to date, but um, unfortunately we don't. Um. I know yeah. up to date is great. Like it's literally what all the doctors. <laughs> yeah, he's use, using so it all the time. I know. I know. I'm like, can I? Our schools don't. Yeah, our schools. It's so don't annoying. That's fine. It looks That's amazing, fine. but yeah. Um, sorry, I forgot what the question was. Uh, no, you answered it. Oh, staying it. productive. Yeah. Just oh yeah. Like managing life. Personal yes. Yeah. Again, sticking to the schedule is like my mantra. I sound like a broken record, but I've been saying it for like since we started this podcast. Was like I my goal was to get my schedule together. Yeah. I got it together a while ago, and it's been serving me really, really well. So I just made it a priority to like getting your life together or a schedule, a schedule. A, like a daily routine and weekly routine right like when I do groceries like even I know it's boring and I keep talking about it but like those things are important because once you push certain things back it pushes everything back right because you can't like live without groceries yeah it's kind of important you say it's boring but like think of it as like this like once when you're building a building right Mm -hmm. if you don't have the foundation exactly like you cannot build a building you need it's gonna crumble so it's the same (laughs) thing it's like we're we've been repeating these things because it's so important. It's important. important. So yeah, exactly. So that and then also um, just I wanted to finish my thought about um, having smaller goals. Yeah. So if I can't get through fifty questions, which is very unusual, if I can get through all fifty questions, yeah. that's a very that high goal, a steep goal. I was gonna say usually like twenty to thirty is where people. That's sit where at I'm around, day. and then there's some days where there's more and less. So yeah. I'm like averaging out probably like twenty to thirty. Yeah. Realistically, right? Yeah. But then um, setting smaller goals, like, okay, get through my Anki cards. To me, that's a little more passive. So that's something if I'm feeling really lazy, I'll do that. Or if I'm feeling um, like I just want to read something and not, like, answer questions, I'll just – I have a list of ongoing topics that I need to review. Mm. I'll go on Amboss and those other resources we mentioned and just do a deeper dive because I feel like when you um, learn by looking at your patients and then – learn um bi-directionally where you're looking at patients and you're researching those topics and then you're seeing more patients with the same things and then you're able to build on back and forth on your own research and your own clinical experience yeah it uh, builds on each other Mm -hmm. right so um that's how i'm managing yeah no no it sounds good so it's just like the the basics just keeping up to the basics and you did say having a routine (laughs) so is it like you go in like is it a nine to five every day pretty much no, it changes, but it, actually, yeah. So, like, the, the the standard structure is, like, yeah, we have, like, a earliest time of appointment. I think the earliest I saw was, like, 8.30. Okay. Um, and then the latest we've seen is probably, like, 4, right? So, okay. we so should be out by, like, we'll 5. Let's say 8.30 to 4, like, business hour. Or 8, I, eight to 5. Yeah, 8 to 5, but usually – I'm usually – so, I am there by five, 8, but I have to leave at 7, right? So, that makes sure I'm there on time, which means i got to okay, wake okay, up at, like, yeah, 5.30. Yeah. And if I need to study before that, I'm waking up at, like, 4.30 or 4, right? Okay. So, that's, like, when I start my day. And then and I – What time do you go to bed then? Um, like, 10, 11. 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm being honest. <laughs> like, 11. So, how do you get sleep? You go to 11, 11 and 11. then wake up at 4.30. Okay. Yeah. So, around 11. Um, and uh, I get those, like, six – I've just – my goal is to get six hours. So, nice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's not – um. But you, you just got to work with what you, what you can and, like – it is like the reason I'm asking is because like clinical life, it's it's not pretty, right? No. And I just wanted to highlight that. And it's like we're sleep deprived a lot of times. Like even though like people might think like, oh, family medicine is an easy rotation, yeah. you know? Like see, like you have to you have that 15 minute commute that like 
adds literally two hours. Yes, you're just passively driving, but exactly. it's almost like two hours. You're still no, you that's know, two hours. Rotation. So yeah, that's what I so. like think to myself is like I have Wednesdays off most of the time, but like I drive eight hours a week. That's like yeah, that's <laughs> an extra day of work. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I am essentially working five days a week. Um, and so full free. <laughs> huh. Bow free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Can't forget that. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and then I'll, we'll finish around. Honestly, like the earliest I've left clinic is like five. So, okay. um, and then again, it's an hour back and then I'm like showering, eating dinner, and then maybe getting an hour or two of studying yeah. in like maximum. Yeah. yeah it's, That's it's funny because like when it. you, when you do all these things, you realize how like the very basic things of like showering, eating, like this sounds so silly to think about, but like those things even take time and you're just yeah. like, how can I make this quicker so I can study and I can be like more <laughs> well, effective in it? The thing is like with experience, like yeah. going through the last two years and then dedicated, I am, I was very realistic with myself and I was like, I know that I can't like be a robot and um, just get, go on like two times speed. Like yeah. I can't do that. I can do that for my lectures, but I can't do that as a person. Yeah. And when you do something twice, try to do something faster, usually like you're only saving like very minimal time anyways. Yeah. Then if you were to like really spend the time to do it properly, like yeah. if I rush a shower, <laughs> I might slip and fall. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you are playing with fire there. Yeah. I'm just like thinking. That's how I think. It's like yeah. I'm not gonna rush. I've really made it a point to just like allocate the time for the necessary things. And if it means like less studying time, oh well. Like I'm not. And it and it has meant like less sleeping. Like yeah. I don't get more than six hours every single night, except nights that I don't have work the next day. Mm -hmm. Like then I get eight mm -hmm. hours, but I do not get more than six hours a night. And I'm able to function. I'm pretty like I'm okay actually. I don't That's drink too, too much coffee. I don't drink energy drinks. I have like one coffee a day keeps me pretty good until I need to go to bed so yeah. um that's where I'm at now and I'm I'm Stupid. realistic no, with like planning my time out <laughs> yeah and I'm realistic with like exercise too I'm like honestly I'm not going to exercise before after my shift that's mm -hmm. impossible for me if I want to eat dinner and shower yeah. and get an Literally. hour of studying in yeah. it's either that hour of studying or hour or of working out yep. it's either yep. or yep. so 100%. I only work out like two times a week and that's fine with me yeah because when I'm at clinic and we're you know we have a a pharmaceutical rep coming in and providing lunch i'm not gonna oh, eat i'm gonna yes. you know yeah, i'm not gonna yeah. maybe eat like two plates of unhealthy food yeah. i'm gonna be like more careful with what i eat because i'm not exercising as much yeah. so i need to like make up those losses somewhere else if that yeah. makes sense um and i'm not gonna beat myself over up over the fact that i can't work out more because yeah. that's all i'm capable of right now and it's yeah. still it's better than nothing so yeah it's just like being familiar with your own limits and having that self-compassion because it is it is harder times it is still a transition yeah. to like a different you know different environment we didn't have to like work and well maybe like i don't know before medical school if mm -hmm. you're working and studying but it wasn't like to this extent no. of like shit we have like this one thing and it's like really long hours yeah. and um but yeah it's just being familiar with yourself yes. so and you you have like kind of talked about some of the suggestions yeah. and being on top of your schedule and all that stuff yep. but do you have any like final yeah. words of what you should be doing for anyone that, you know, getting ready for a family medicine. Interview. Yeah, I think there's no one way to prepare, but I think that um, there's a lot of resources out there. Yeah. I really like case files. If if you have the funds to purchase that book or find it somewhere online, I bought a copy and it's been really helpful if I just want to read something down during downtime at the clinic or yeah. whatever. If I don't have access to my laptop or phone, I can pull up my book and read it. It has really cool cases, um, really like typical cases plus questions mm. um, to test like what you need to based based off of like the top hundred types of presentations you're going to see in family yeah. medicine. Yeah. That's really helpful if you can review some of that before you start or even during your rotation. doesn't matter when you start. 
Um, and then just like while you rotate, try to work on solidifying your knowledge base. If you get a migraine patient and you're like, ooh, actually I don't know as much about headaches as I thought I knew, go back and spend an hour reviewing headaches or even 20 minutes, you know, yeah, like it doesn't have to yeah, be an hour, however sure. much you need. Um, and then asking questions with your preceptor, like that's pretty standard across all rotations, yeah. but asking questions, um, pertinent questions that are going to develop your knowledge base even uh-huh. more, right? Like don't ask questions that you can just look up right yeah. but ask questions about actual clinical care and management mm-hmm. that you're not going to be able to find like a clear cut answer on the internet and yeah. you actually want to learn from your preceptors experience preceptors preceptor yeah. <laughs> um yeah so i think that's going to help solidify those details that you need for shelf exam day um that is looming over your head if you do have to take shelf exams at your school but yeah. that's about it no that's um i feel like that's really good yeah case files i i read was it yeah i feel like for every rotation case files is yeah, pretty good. I've, good i've heard good things but again like we talked about in our like comics episode like whatever works if you feel like oh my god there's like you case files <laughs> this other it whatever. is overwhelming yeah so it's just like stick with like a few that works for you yep. and like i i do feel like if you have a rotation where you're getting like exposed to a lot then if you're like you know not doing case files then it's fine but if it's like a super outpatient type where you don't see a lot, mm-hmm. your patient population isn't like as diverse, then yeah, case files is exactly. like definitely awesome. Just assess. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, this has been great, dude. Thanks for <laughs> sharing your thoughts and um, sharing your wisdom with us and the listeners <laughs> and to all your listeners thank you so much for listening to this episode if you just have a few seconds please 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 leave a review on our spotify and apple podcast page that just helps us to know that you guys are enjoying our episodes you guys are enjoying the things that we're doing and if you have any feedback feel free to send us a dm on our instagram page at the Aries podcast or just share that with us on the poll at the end of every episode that we do we have on spotify and while you're on our Instagram page, y'all, <laughs> feel free. Come on now. Go <laughs> ahead. Hit that follow button and see all of our updates and new episodes as soon as they come and out. And giveaways. And giveaways. That's right. We got some money. We got some <laughs> shmoney. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, that's, a, that's all. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thanks for having me. <laughs>